Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Unimpressed Podcast. Uh, I'm here with Tyler Cecil. Got 45 names. We're calling him Tyler Cecil today. For all the girlfriends and everything else out there that uh, he's running undercover about, Tyler Cecil, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Happily married over here. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast today, John. (laughs) Happily married. Happily married. And I was kidding him about the Carhartt t-shirt. I said, you must be country. If you got the car hard on. First, you said, thanks for dressing up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not so sure, you know, that's if that's like a shot or whatever. Or like, but, um, yeah, Carhartt, great brand. Get it on Amazon. Super cost effective, too. It's great. So, I guess... We want to have Tyler on. Tyler has come, been working with us for a couple months now. And, uh, yeah, I'm unimpressed that Tyler is not running a big uh, technology company like Twitter or Facebook or one of these big things. So I met Tyler about uh, four or five years ago at Dipley. Dipley was one of the top Internet companies in the world. I think they were ranked 33rd in the world for websites. Uh, at one time. That's where I met Tyler and fast forward four or five years later and here we are. We're trying to figure out what the combination is for uh, a guy like Tyler in the technology world and a guy like me that kind of come out of the Hollywood system and knows Hollywood friends and all that kind of mess. So where's the equal medium? Because I think there's a there's a future here uh, if we can figure it out. I and mean, we don't know the path, we don't know the road, but we're trying to figure it out with technology and keeping the creative uh, fill in the void with the technology people and how they do things with media and getting the right answer. And so at that time, yeah, you mentioned I was working at Dipley. Dipley is the fastest growing company in Canada over the last four years. Scaled the business from $2 million, uh revenue a year when I got there. And uh, by the time I left, it was at $35 million. The way that we did this was uh, we onboarded a bunch of influencers. So we worked with close to, at one point, we worked with close to 60, 70 influencers right around year two. And then we implemented some software solutions, and then that shot right up. When you talk about, like, you know, um, what it is that we're looking at doing here, uh, applying technology, applying social media, applying different formats of content and all that stuff at bang. There's definitely a lot going on. Um, you know, I took a little bit of time off in between my my work at Dipley and, you know, getting back into the social media industry. And so I worked for a venture capital firm. Um, essentially, we offered investments to small businesses, small businesses, more like technology businesses. And so, you know, normally like an early stage company, they need either one of one or two things. They either need capital out the gate or they need technology solutions out the gate. So I would step in there, do an analysis on, on the company and see, you know, if they need technology, then I provide those technology solutions. If they needed capital, then I connect them with financing. So that's what I did for a couple of years in between there. And then just recently jumped back into the social media industry. And so obviously working with yourself too, yeah. When you left Dipley, I mean, it went another direction. You have a little bad taste in your mouth or... 
What happened with that? Uh, I think everyone that's been in the social media industry has thought about leaving it, but it, it has to do with like working for the man. When you work on a platform that essentially controls your uh, like your everything, your well-being, mm-hmm. like the money that they send you, the type of content that, that you could put in front of it, then it just gets a little bit taxing after a little while. And so they can make decisions like that. They make decisions like that overnight and like they wipe out complete industries, mm-hmm. right? And they, But they also like, there's two different sides of the coin. They also make decisions overnight and they create like new industries and stuff like that. So I, I was just, I just wanted to expand my capabilities outside of just particularly like social media. So that's, that's why I spent a little bit of time doing it. When you say um, they make a change and it kills industry, you know, that's a pretty big thing. I think uh, a lot of people don't prepare for that. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people don't give social media the value they should. And I've always said that. And it's either can be a really, really good thing uh, if you put value in it. But if you don't put the value. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We keep a lot of emotions bundled up inside in life, and sometimes we got to talk to people. I witnessed the benefits with my own two eyes. I have a close friend that was struggling with depression and felt like she had no one she could consistently talk to because of her busy schedule. She was matched with a therapist through BetterHelp. After several months of sessions, I've seen a tremendous change in her personality and in her life. If you're needing therapy and and want to get some of those things off your chest, it's entirely online and designed to conveniently work around your schedule and empower you to be the best version of yourself. Just fill out a questionnaire and they will align you with the right therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unimpressed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H E L P dot com slash unimpressed. It can just be something that's there. And, you know, when you do put value in it and you do get in the game, you have to prepare and I uh, think you have to be nimble, you know, with this day and time because when they do make those changes with technology changes so quickly, you're in your business is predicated on social media. Um, you got to keep your business nimble because when they make that change, you don't want the rugs pulled out from under you and your whole business. I think a lot of people in technology and so forth uh, didn't take that in consideration. So I think uh, hence uh, some bad blood in certain situations. Yeah, absolutely. And while you were just talking, so I remembered that the CEO of Twitter is Jack Dorsey. Okay. And he is 
like incredible. Yeah, but uh, getting back to you know uh, diversification, right? So it's just like any any business, any asset class. You know, you're not just going to buy gold. You're going to buy gold and a little bit of silver type thing. If if you're looking to hedge inflation, some of the issues that I've been running into with Facebook over the past couple of years is like very simple things too. Like sometimes they don't pay people on time. That's that's like a, a huge issue because imagine like your your contractor, you know, like you're, you then all of a sudden you can't pay your contractors on time after that, right? It just causes risks. You're really at bay to the man in that situation to some extent because you know when let's say if you don't they didn't pay you the time you're supposed to pay you, right? Where's customer service? You can't call the bank. Yeah, absolutely, right? And yeah. so. So not only are they not paying people on time, now they're going to demonetize pages for, you know, little, like, terms that they've come up with, like limited originality or, like, intellectual property right violations and all this stuff. These are just terms that they just simply, like, hide behind. Like, I know a lot of influencers have, you know, they've been dealing with the struggle. And let's cut that off right now. This is one thing. Here's where the metal meets the road with Tyler and and the whole social world i always said influencer is a bad word right talent but that's that's somewhat of a cultural thing um for people like tyler they come from that place that's kind of the terms they've created um i always say talent is talent try to call a human being a talent if they're entertaining somebody um so just just for the audience, I just wanted to put that out there that uh, that's that's different than say Hollywood. You know, whether somebody's an actor, talent, so forth, and the influencer terms, technology world of content. So that's that's the difference, folks. That's the difference, and and that's what we're trying to meld together here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and there's there's a number of terms in the industry, right? So I deeply. You know, we feel like we coined the term influencer, and so that's nothing to be proud of. From the beginning, I guess we should have been calling them talent. Uh, when you coined the term, why do you think you coined the term influencer? Why do you think Dipley coined the term influencer? Where did that conversation come about? I don't know. It came from upper management. It was something that they always said that they coined the term. Really? Yeah. That's like, the, you've seen the series um, Hunter. No, I haven't. Maybe there's a movie one day. You know, Mindhunter is a series that David Fincher does and about the guys in the FBI who coined the term serial killer. <laughs> right? So maybe there's a movie there. I think you're going to take it that way. Yeah. yeah. Maybe there's a movie there of, uh, you know, we'll see Tyler at 25 years old and see his pretty boy Dean at, you know, 23 and... Hey, man, we're going to call these guys influencers after they smoke the joint, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the talent like to be called or talent. Um, but it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's okay. It's okay. That's just, I think that's okay. That's, I mean, that's, that's what y'all developed and so forth. I think that's completely a fine way to go. I think it's just, um, I think us um, defining that for the public could be educational from our standpoint, you know, because I don't think people really define that information to the public. You know, it's like an assumed thing. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just say it's a bad word in terms of coming from Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
And so if just getting back to some of the other issues that we've like seen with Facebook, right? Yeah. So, yeah. uh, so like if, if there's a payment issue or if there's a page that, that gets demonetized, then uh, what you have to do is file a case. And sometimes those cases are not responded by internal employees on Facebook for weeks. Uh-huh. And so that's, that's another challenging thing. Like, and so when, when you have time lapses in responding to customers, right? Talent uh-huh. or customers, you know, that's, that's a mismanaged business unit as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think too, is like one thing we got taken consideration is the, the working force, right? I think the working force in America is tough. It's tough to find good people, right? So if you, if you have a business that is not structurally set up for customer service and then you add the workforce of America, in the turnover, what do you got? Yeah, and then, and then you could compound. You talk about compound interest all the time, right? Yeah. And so, <clears throat> so you so you look at the way that the actual platform itself, Facebook, Instagram, has been developed. It's been developed to keep these talent operating in their own individual silos, right? And so that's like that is the recipe for their expansion, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Because now I can so talent A, you know, if their CPMs on a daily basis drop thirty percent, what do they do? They can't. They have no leverage against you know a Facebook representative or anything. So mm-hmm. It's the same thing as as going to a bank and requesting a better interest rate. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, let me escalate that. Let me escalate that. And you get absolutely nowhere. And where's the charts? Where's the where's the cash flow? Like, what is Facebook really making? This is what they're paying. Maybe the CPM's eleven dollars, and they're paying out two or three dollars. Whoa, two or three dollars—that would yeah. be incredible. Yeah, it's like it's like a buck twenty. It's like, and sometimes it's like eighty-five cents. So they're they're literally pocketing ninety-five, ninety to ninety-five percent of of all ad in-stream ad revenue generated. Yeah, well, I think that's where regular. I think I think in a way, if they can get past this privacy shit, all right, and again. You know, because now I've always said I think that the internet's like the wild west, right? Because there's no regulation, so I think it's 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 all right. Let's let's figure out this privacy deal, which will be regulated. Which I think the government's really trying to get involved with that. And uh, you know, Apple has that big change coming up in June. This is supposed to affect Facebook's ad revenue, right? And I'm not sure. I guess it's because they can turn off a setting and privacy setting, but audience network. Uh, there's some changes in the industry, per se. But I think if they can get past the pri- what I was trying to get to, I think if they can get past the privacy regulation and get to like checks and balances, a type of checks and balances regulation where you make them accountable to show their customers what they're making and what they're paying. I think eventually one day that'll get there. Maybe we don't see it in our lifetime, but I think that's where. Uh, things are going um, on these platforms and on the internet. And and to that point, so if you are an influencer watching at home, and you know you you've been affected by all these issues that Facebook's throwing at you constantly, that that right. So what one thing that we've really done here, focused on at Bang, is we've developed a multi-channel network where we pool together influencers. And now, all of a sudden, you have leverage against the big guy, being Facebook and Mr. Zuckerberg, right? So when there is, you know, 
when your CPM drops 30% day over day, now all of a sudden bang picks up the phone, calls a representative at Facebook and is like, Hey, look, like what, what's going on here? You know, there's a little bit more accountability. There's a lot more leverage and it gets away from the way that Facebook wants you operating, which is in your silo where you just take the shots on the chin and just keep on moving forward. And when you say silo, what do you, do you think that's, they want us all to stand in a corner? <laughs> huh? People have been and standing do, in quarters for, for a long time. And do, do the same thing they want. Yeah. They don't want dance monkey. They don't want focused energy. Create content, put the content on their platform for free. Facebook's going to make a bunch of money doing that stuff. You're going to work and we'll, we'll pay you a fraction on the dollar. It didn't resonate, resonate to me as, is and me being from far city, North Carolina, right? Very small town uh, in North Carolina, right? Uh, Facebook came to Rutherford County. And they built a, a data center, right? And I always wondered, why do they need so much storage, right? So, because you pull up to this data center in my county, there's in this in the middle of nowhere. Is it, it's like a military base, right? Protection guards, the whole nine. So, what we've determined in the future, and I think all that information helps helps um, develop artificial intelligence, is that data is very, very important, right? And the more data they have, the more information they have to push their agenda, yeah. right? Would you agree or no? Yeah, yeah. So so the the data itself, when you talk about how, how you know, uh, lucrative of an industry or how important it is in order to, cha- to train <clears throat> machine learning models... That's that's the foundation right there. So they take that da- that data, they run it through their machine learning models, and now all of a sudden they can predict the future. Mm-hmm. A lot of it has to do with with their algorithm. Probably more has to do with their their audience network and, and other segments of the business where they're headed. But yeah, I mean, to your point, you know, data is the new gold rush of the future. Has been for the last little while. Uh, cloud, everything's over the cloud. That's that's been, you know, you know, as far as like creating dynamic workforces and things like that, that play that have played a huge role in some of the largest emerging technologies that, that people have been using, mm-hmm. like with Slack, for example, or workforce and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So now, now all of a sudden, you know, before in order to start a media company, you know, you needed, you needed uh, publishers, you needed editors, you need. All this stuff, and everyone needed to, needed to work in the same building. Now, you know, just look at what you've been able to accomplish with Bang, right? Mm-hmm. So you have you have onshore employees, you have offshore employees, and they're all focused on one platform, mm-hmm. self too, right? Mm-hmm. And so at Bang, you man, we manage how many influencers? I don't know, a bunch, twelve, fifteen. Yeah, absolutely. And so with you, with your resources itself, you know, uh, it's there's you know, by leveraging the, the technology, by leveraging the cloud, you know, Dropbox and and outsourcing uh, from a workforce capability, like what you were mentioning, mm-hmm. it's you know this this is the new day and age type you know agency for management, right? You can't tell me that United Talent Agency or Agency of Performing Arts has any of these capabilities whatsoever, because. I haven't seen an editor at UTA. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. or APA. I haven't. You know, those guys are just connectors. They just connect and they take twenty percent off the top. Mm-hmm. They, they provide zero value and specialties on platform because Bang's number one focus right now. Well, actually, Bang. I mean, Bang has multiple focuses, but if you look at the platform that Bang is the biggest on, mm-hmm. right? It's Facebook. And so we we have a team of about 15 editors offshore that help develop, polish that content and schedule it for all of Bang's network on Facebook. That's just Facebook alone. So mm-hmm. the value that Bang adds on a per-platform basis for the talent, you can't even compare it when you're looking at like agency performing arts or UTA. You know, it's... Um... You don't know what you don't know. A lot of a lot of people don't understand our model, understand our business. But at the end of the day, I mean, we're we're basically creating a television network um, through our resources, creating a television network in a house in Charleston, South Carolina. So if you think about the the, the ability of technology and what we're able to do with that, that's a very interesting scenario, you know, because uh, you couldn't build Fox or ABC in the seventies like this, you know? So it's really, I think you got to think that way. I think you got to be ready for the future. I got to I think you got to be prepared. I think this makes, uh, makes our business nimble too. Yeah. And just, just off the top of, of my head, you know, like there's, there's probably five or six platforms that we're trying to learn and understand more about as, as time goes on, especially at banks, like with Snapchat, Snapchat, what's the opportunity there? TikTok, you know, explosive growth. What's the opportunity there? YouTube, Triller, Twitter. You mm-hmm. know? And so you, you talk about the network through the JW player, podcasts, your Buzzsprout, right? Mm-hmm. All the distribution capabilities are there for a mainstream network. And TuneCore, too. I mean, we just released, uh, we just released Catfish Cooley's uh, live comedy album, releasing Darren's live comedy album. And that's a conversation me and uh, Matt had yesterday. I mean, if you think about it, it's, um, it's go record, master the sound, boom, I can have it distributed through Spotify, iTunes, everything, every platform imaginable in 10 days. Think about that. <laughs> that's pretty good distribution. How about that? Yeah. yeah. You know, and then... Think about the middlemen. Think about the middlemen in the past that would have been involved in that scenario. Now there's really not a lot of middlemen if you can figure it out. You know, a lot of people don't figure out that process. But it's it it's making us like we're a TV networking studio or our, our own deal. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's something to really, really, really think about controlling the narrative. Yeah, and and to that point about controlling the narrative. So a lot of these. These really large publications, and so we did this back at Dipley, so I know this for a fact, is like they will scour the internet and find viral photos. <clears throat> and then they will create the bar- the body of the article around that photo. The whole function of that is to get the click. That's mm-hmm. it. Right? So now instead of having to build a body and then source a photo, they source a the photo, then build the body. So mm-hmm. now they already have that clickbait type article that's developed that's locked up so so it all goes back into controlling the narrative and just getting the clicks and getting the eyeballs so i've always said if we could take our step back as a society take a step back right clear your mind right of everything you know in life if you could just delete everything right and let's say you 
or let's let's use this scenario. Let's say when you're born, if you're born in a desert, right, and you grow up in that desert, all you're going to know is the desert, <laughs> right? It's a simple way of putting it. Yeah, right. All you're yeah. going to know is the desert. So sometimes let's, uh, you know, let's think about what we're reading. Let's think about what the agenda is behind what we're reading. What your kids are reading, what platforms your kids are on. Yeah, absolutely. What, what, what are they spending all the time on? Right? I mean, TikTok's the worst. TikTok's the worst. Instagram's the worst. Instagram is, is just as bad as TikTok, which is a property owned by Facebook, but no one seems to be talking about Instagram. Why do you think that? Because they run under, under the shadow of Facebook? I don't want to get too political. But, I mean, that's, you know, that's something to think about. So if you're born in a desert, you're only going to know that desert. And if let's say you, if you never had any information, because information, I've always said too, information drives society. And I think we need to understand what type of information we're taking in, you know, and that's whether you're telling your kids, teaching your kids the right way, you know, recognizing things yourself. I mean, my parents are the worst too. And then there's the other end of the spectrum. They're in their 70s. So if you have lived a certain way your whole life, Right. And you have these ingrained patterns of a lifestyle. And then 40 years later, somebody tells me the way you've been living is wrong. That's a little bit of a shock to them. And it's hard for them to get out of their traditional brain ingrained ways of living. It's very hard for them to move away from it because they're on the tail end of their life. So I think I think with all this information, I think we have to start with the kids. To start educating the kids. I think there's they have to understand what they're being fed, how it's being fed. I think you know there should be some type of. I've always said there should be some type of instruction of knowing the tools in the toolbox and what the tools are doing to society. Hundred <laughs> percent. You know, I keep on saying hundred percent, but it it like it makes sense what you're saying, right? And if you want to put like some, if you want a tool in the toolbox, take a look at at the screen t- uh, the screen time um, of your your kid's phone. And that will give you a breakdown. If it's an Apple, it'll give you a breakdown on every every single app that they're looking at and the time period involved per day, per month, whatever. So it's just it's just when you say product of, of an environment, if they're put in that mobile environment where they're just seeing those types of videos that you know these these platforms have full control over that they're slow feeding, you know, they have an agenda. They really do. Right. So I think we need to be aware of that. We have to be cognizant and we have to protect. Yeah, and, and I think curriculum, right? I think curriculum in schools has to be prepared for that because you have kids coming into school and know more than they're 10 years ahead of the curriculum because of technology, you know? So I think there's a lot needs to be done. It's like when we try to look at politicians, right? Look at politicians and one side's on this side, one side's on the other side, right? If the politicians really wanted to help change things, they wouldn't be looking at the things that are being capitalized in our in our country. They would look at the kids. All right. Let's let's look at let's look at the kids. Let's look at where our kids live. Let's look at what our kids eat. Let's look at what the kids curriculum are being trained to do and to learn. That's the only way things are going to change, you know. And if if politicians really had, you know, you in mind, they wouldn't be talking about a fucking oil well in, you know, Montana. You know, they'd be talking about the kids. Let's start with the kids because all these people that are already grown up, <clears throat> you know, they are what they are, you know, and I don't think they're going to change much. But if you can guide kids a better way, that's when things would change for the better. If politicians don't address that, then they're just they're just in it for the money on both sides. I mean, that's basically what it is. My perspective. 
because you got to start with the youth. And I don't know what that is. I don't know what that answer is. You know, we're just trying to put a lot of information out there. I think some of these things may be determined in the future. Just super unimpressed over here. I'm very unimpressed. <laughs> I'm very, very, very unimpressed. I mean, got to get this guy a back rub or something. Yeah, him up a little bit. I'm very, very unimpressed. But you know, I want, I want, I want what we do to be real. Tell you know, from a real perspective. You know, I don't want to be a facade. You know, um, I mean, think about um, your boy. We can get into this little little bit of a celebrity story. When you were at Diplo, you had all these. Uh, influencers or whatever you hooked up with, y'all threw a big party, right? And then you have Logan Paul and Jake Paul and all these these big guys at this party. Yeah, right. What are what are those guys? Those guys have a big voice in the community, you know. But they're still selling. The, I call it the vapor. Why? What are they selling? that's real. What are they? What is? What is a guy like that? And you can tell us a story about what happened in L.A. But what is a guy like that doing to improve society? I don't think they're doing a lot. I think they're only making society worse with what they talk about because they're not influencing any, anybody the right way. Do you agree with that or no? I'll tell you a story, though. Uh, so back uh, probably about five years ago, we threw this party in L.A. It was uh, the VidCon after party. And we like we we spent over $300,000 on this party you know, this was supposed to be like a huge breakthrough for us. And so we we invited close to, you know, half of our roster, majority of them that lived in L.A. And so there's about 20 influencers that showed up to this party. We uh, I sent um, one of my coworkers on a stretch limo to pick up, you know, like Perp Drank, uh, Logan Paul. Logan Paul brought his, his uh, little buddy and... You know, one thing led to another. They were they got caught in traffic when they were headed to the por- to the party, and you know uh, they had drinks on board, and there were other girls on board and stuff like that. And by the time that they showed up to the party, like th- this this little guy that Logan brought, Paul brought, he was completely comatose. I don't know. He he was you know falling on the ground. Like Logan got out of out of the uh, the stretch Hummer limo. And he had him over his shoulder, and he walked him straight to the room and just put him to sleep after that. But yeah, so that's uh, that's just a funny story about that. Probably took a shot in a thimble when he was drunk. Apparently, he was rolling around like a bowling ball on the on the stretch over. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, they they definitely can do more with their platform, right? A lot of people can do a lot more with their platform, and it comes from you know their early um, site mentality of. You know, selling merch, plugging, you know, watching how much money they can make on a, on a weekly, monthly basis, you know, setting up, you know, like t-shirt campaigns and maybe even like signings here and there on at like physical events. You know, that, that's that's one example. Can can everyone do a little bit more? Absolutely. Yeah. The talent can do more. Um, and it's, it just it's a transformation of thought uh, because, you know, it. If you look to where they were 10 years ago, 15 years ago, they, they completely started from from scratch. And they built everything with their hands, too. Uh-huh. Right? So the person that builds everything with their hands, they're going to have a different mentality than, you know, the CEO that's that's like, you know, moving chess pieces around and and is is planning 6 to 12 months ahead of the game. We do we keep feeding the beast or is are people going to step up as a as a human society and 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 do 
do something that's it's more right, you know? I mean, there's such a, you know, kids kids love pop culture so much. Even my daughter loves brands. And, you know, we're, we sell that to our kids as well. These people who are capitalizing off of it, like we do, we capitalize off of it. These people capitalize off that pop culture, those pop stories, you know, but is there really any value there? Is, yeah. is that ever going to change? Yeah, and so Dave Portnoy, CEO of Barstool Sports, you know, this might be an example of, of a step in the right direction of where, you know, you're looking at taking things, right? Um, or with with these talent, with their distribution capabilities. You know, he's raised over, you know, X amount of dollars, helped over X amount of businesses with, with the Barstool Fund. And so that might be an example of mm-hmm. of like how you can leverage your distribution capabilities cross platforms in order to drive good in communities and help people. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Cause I don't think that's being done. I think it's, it's like that they manipulate a story around a photo for clicks. Right. And that's really what they're doing with their narratives. These influencers narratives, you know, they're feeding, they're feeding something that's going to make them money, you know, and they stay in that rut, you know, so it's like uh, I've always said, being famous is having a voice in the community. And whatever you do with that voice is very, very important, right? It's not about how much money you make. It's not about, you know, how many girls you're with or whatever, which people like to promote. But it really is. It's like, what are you going to do with that voice that's going to make a difference? Because the people the people didn't make a difference with that voice, you know, What's Jake Paul or somebody like that or uh, Logan Paul going to be known for? He got in the ring with Mayweather, got knocked out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's probably the last thing. Like everything else he's done, that will probably be the one thing he'll be remembered as. The guy who got knocked out by Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like that one little thing instead of, you know, how many kids' minds he helped during his career. You know, because that guy has a big influence on kids, young people, because he's one of the pioneers of being the first big-time YouTube guys, all right? And I think that comes from management. Management obviously wants to feed the beast, too. So I'd like to look li- and, and I don't want to speak out of space. He may do some good things. I need to listen to him more. But that's what I see as a whole to a lot of people's direction and and how they're trying to make money and what they're trying to feed in society. All right, one other one other thing I want to talk about is is in, before we get out of here uh, is Bang Productions Television. And we initially talked about uh, at the beginning of the show of trying to merge Silicon Valley, who has terms, who has a thought process, who has a way of doing business, to Hollywood, who has terms, thought process, a way of doing business. How do we mesh those worlds? What comes out the other end? With that being said is... You know, I had this thing of of why not just create our own TV network. So we we've been on Roku. We this year we'll have uh, Amazon TV come out. We'll have um, uh, the the iOS Apple uh, app come out and the Android app come out. So with that being said, and this has been a little bit of a, a learning curve for Tyler because he has his thought process or whatever, is we are able to set up these distribution platforms. Because back in the day, my biggest thing, biggest thing in entertainment and trying to be successful is finding that distribution, 
finding who's going to put you out there in the public. So now today, someone like us, very small player, we create our own distribution. We talked a little bit about the comedy album through TuneCore, talked about these other things that give us distribution and so forth. Does that, being able to think about this, being able, this is like a 1950s, 60s studio motto. It's not like we're reinventing the wheel. All right, we're able to take a celebrity, make a movie, make a TV series, whatever it is around that celebrity, right? And we put it out to the world, to our TV network. And I put it out having our own app, so forth. What is your thought process of that? And is that something you're still trying to wrap your head around? Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of the value, especially when you're dealing with these social media platforms, uh, when you can when you can me- when you can put together multiple talent sources that all have distribution capabilities, and you can turn you know their channels into and, and more of a network channel, uh, it amplifies the capabilities for everyone. So you get more slots, get uh, you get more content, um, and you get more of a wide variety cross-platform for the content. And then also, one of the biggest things from a networking perspective is you can have a small up-and-comer that's young, hungry, and pushing out extremely good content. Now, all of a sudden, you inject that young up-and-comer into the network, and they get the distribution of all the big dogs that were in there before. So when when all that together um, from distribution capabilities on, on different platforms, there's benefit in you know having a multi-channel network that is composed of multiple talents and from there, you can grow out your user base, user base being the talent. Well, that's hence, you know, I've done all these these platforms and so forth. Potentially, we could be the WWE of comedy, you know, because I think everything is becoming um, one world nation to some extent. You know, these businesses are operating fully under one banner and doing multiple things. So I think that's where business is changing, right? And it's uh, the traditional Hollywood model really being affected by it you know there this all these studios are being you know put up for sale i think warner brothers is even going up for sale for like five billion 5.5 billion and they have the star wars if you take us at a very nimble position and you take a warner brothers at a very heavy overhead position right if this nimble position over here is able to execute a lot lower cost right and get the eyeballs as one of these big celebrities under this roof over here. Um, to me, it's a no-brainer, right? Is this how do we get there? Nobody knows the answer to this show. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, we're trying to figure out the answer. Well, we're trying to figure out. Yeah, we're <laughs> trying to figure out the answer, and I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up, and I did want to talk about uh, Aura, Aura CBD. I just want to mention that Aura. You're, if you, we have a, a CBD company we support called Aura. Go to mynewaura.com. We have a three-for-one code. You enter BANGFAN, and you can get a three-for-one order of the honey, the new honey CBD. Very, very good stuff. I think Tyler has some CBD honey because his (laughs) leg was hurting. I don't know if he's going to have any more, though. (laughs) So, uh, Tyler Cecil. Tech guru, business entrepreneur. Uh, anything else you want to close with? No, that's it. Thank you so much for having me, John. Really do appreciate it. If you want to follow me for 
uh, early stage um, technology companies or even social media company updates constantly throughout the day, you can check me out on facebook.com slash Tyler Cecil. Tyler Cecil. That's T-Y-L-E-R-C-E-C-I-L. Tyler Cecil. Thanks, guys. We'll, uh, we'll see you soon. This is John Edmonds Cosma, CEO of Bang Productions. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 